Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you every Monday to Friday at 9.30 a.m. UK time. Uh, I'm, 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 to be honest, I'm quite all right this morning, uh, considering we lost last night. But Chris, how you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad, TC. Um, hope everyone tuning in is keeping well, despite the, the loss last night. Um I mean, I kind of forgot what a loss felt like, which I guess is a good thing. Um, Mm. It's a positive and it it highlights um, obviously how well we've been doing. Going into last night's game, um, we we all knew it was going to be a tough challenge. We knew that despite the progress Arsenal have made this season, there was still a gap in quality and, and, and overall progress between them and Liverpool. Look, we're talking about recent Premier League, Champions League winners um, who have world-class players. So um, it was always going to be difficult. But for me, we gave it a really good go. Um, but unfortunately, just in the the finer moments, in the smaller moments where quality really matters, um, they they managed to, to get it over the line. And, um, you know, it's only small bits of quality that is required sometimes to, to get the result and that's what the difference was. Mm, yeah, like I think with with what we've come to expect in these kind of games is that we know that there's a gap between Arsenal and Liverpool. The thing for me that I take positively is that I think that there's noticeably a decrease in that gap and that the difference between Arsenal and Liverpool is getting less. And I, I went into this game and I was speaking to Pat at Blood Red yesterday doing their Behind Enemy Line show or the day before yesterday talking about the game. And I said, look, my prediction is I think the Liverpool are going to win this 3-1. I just think the Liverpool are too strong for Arsenal. Um, and I think that, you know, they've got the quality to to be able to suffocate our best attributes. And look, they, they didn't play their best game. I didn't think Liverpool were, were amazing by any means. But I also think that that was partly down to the way in which we ourselves dealt with kind of their attack, especially in the first half. And I, was, I came out of the game... You know, and when you go to the games and and you're there, and obviously you've committed to your traveling, you put a lot of time into it. Sometimes after you go and you lose, it hurts even more because you know you've put your time and your effort into going to the game. But I didn't feel that way afterwards at all. I, you know, I enjoyed being there. I enjoyed the atmosphere. I thought that the Emirates crowd stayed with the team throughout the match uh, and at the end of the game as well, just like they did at, uh, after the Man City game, which was a big disappointment in the end because we could have got something from that. And I think there's just a feeling around Arsenal right now that, you know, we are moving in the right direction. And and that 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 gap between ourselves and Liverpool is diminishing. And I think that what's interesting is that Arsenal used to be a side where you would say you could suffocate Erdogan, you suffocate Saka, or in the past you'd, you'd, you'd stop Ozil from playing or you'd stop Alexis from playing. And if you did that, you know, that, that was it. Arsenal were kind of done for. 
But what happened last night is, and quite rightly, Liverpool tried to shut down Odegaard and they did. And they tried to suffocate Saka and they did. But because we've got quality elsewhere, Gabriel Martinelli was able to have a fantastic game on the left-hand side. He gave Trent Alexander-Arnold an absolute torrid 90 minutes. And I think that goes to show, Chris, kind of the squad and the quality that's being built here and the improvements that are being made to the squad as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you touched on it just then. For, for example, you obviously you were at the game last night um, and uh, the crowd was was brilliant. It was, as you said, um, quite rightly, it was behind the team throughout the whole game and beyond. I mean, even at full time, we just lost the game. But, you know, um, the, the crowd was still fully behind the team. Um, singing out Arsenal and Arsenal, we love you. And I think it's it's moments like that which really do highlight the progress that's being made, you know, aside mm. from obviously the certain performances um, and obviously especially the first half last night where I thought we were really good. You know, it is moments from the crowd and from the supporters who have, you know, obviously taken time out of their personal lives to go and watch the match, travel, spend money and... Um, you know the fact that, it, that the team still receives such a positive reaction at full time, um, I think, is a, a really, really positive sign. And hopefully, I hope the players, you know, really notice that because that can be a big um, uh, motivation for them going into Saturday, where you know, obviously, we've got another big bay, big game, and it's massively important that we bounce back, of course, as we continue to to push for Champions League qualification this season. So the players can't be too downbeat this morning they can't beat themselves up about it um they've got to keep their heads up and just put instantly put all focus onto saturday because it's a massive massive game and they've shown us this season especially over the last few weeks that they've got the quality they've got the confidence yeah. um yeah. and they've got the potential to go on and do great things and they you know they played really really well against one of the best teams in the country one of the best teams in the world last night um for for large parts of the game so they've got to take all of the positives you know the performances and on top of the crowd reaction as well go into saturday and just bounce back from it and actually say look it was a bit of a blip we we were you know taught a lesson against a really good side but now we're back again as we continue to push for champions league qualification so that's, that's got to be the, the 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 overall attitude of the team yeah, it absolutely does. Um, let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Good morning to everybody that's joining us. Uh, if you haven't already dropped a like on the video, please make sure you do and subscribe. We're very close now to hitting that 10K target. Um, so thank you to everyone that's showing the support. I love that now Peeny Ween in the chat box has changed his YouTube name to Peeny Ween the first uh, because he joins us first and made make sure that he's first in every single chat box as well. Uh, Graham says, morning all, let's keep the morale high. Didn't think we played all that badly last night. Martinelli was class. Liverpool just that little bit more clinical uh, with their array of tacking players. Good morning to Noah, joining us first time in the chat box. Welcome to you, mate. Morning to Carl, who I met last night for the first time, and it was a pleasure to meet you, Carl. Great stuff. Uh, good morning to everybody in the chat. Was social. Uh, Deontay asking, where is Tommy Asu? Well, it's an interesting one. We're going to come and talk on to, uh, about Villa and, and what might change with Villa in just a little bit. But uh, there was a question that was raised from JM in the chat, who says, what did you make of Mikel Arteta's comments on the Premier League scheduling of fixtures because his comments were very pointed. They they didn't hold back in any way. And, you know, he was quite sarcastic. And, you know, us in England, we love our sarcasm, so I could definitely appreciate his words. And, you know, it was a little bit edgy, and I quite liked that fight from him, you know, back in the team, defending Arsenal and, and telling the Premier League kind of where to go about where they've been with their scheduling of Arsenal's fixtures. Yeah, well, I mean, I think 
there was a lot of, of probably anger and disappointment stemming from the result when he was asked this question as well. But mm. I still think he's got a, a very good point. And I see a lot of fans reacting to it. I've been like, oh, obviously from rival clubs in the most part being like, yeah, but Arsenal have hardly had any midweek games and have hardly, you know, had to go from one game one day to another in, within a, a couple of a couple of hours or whatnot. Um, yeah, that's true. We haven't obviously had as many games in in terms of quick succession, um, and we have been fortunate to have have uh, quite a few breaks in between. But um, that that wasn't to say that this was ever going to arise again, um, and it, it obviously has um, now. Well, obviously, last night and now going again Saturday, it's um, it is obviously a very short period of time. I know there's. Plenty of other clubs that have had to do it more this season than Arsenal. I, I appreciate and I respect that, but that's not to say it makes it right. And Mikel Arteta's got a very good point. Um, so, yeah, I can understand his frustration. I mean, I was thinking about it last night as the, the game came to a came to an end. I was thinking, mm-hmm. right, yeah, because they were obviously reminding us about the, the game on Saturday. And... Um, and you think, well, hang on a minute. When did Aston Villa last play? They've got a bit of an advantage here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, I know, obviously, we were in a similar position to Villa at the weekend when it came to playing Leicester, because obviously Leicester played a few days earlier in the Europa League, so I know we had an advantage. I mean, it's you're not going to ever please anyone on it. It's always going to divide opinion. But um, it's just one of those scenarios that pops up every now and again, isn't it? Where you think, well, actually, this isn't fair um, and it's not right in terms of one team having a, a longer break and the other having to you know, have a quick turnaround sort of thing and focus mm. on one game straight after playing another. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's an issue that's been going on for a while, isn't it? When it's been brought up a number of times. Um, nothing's ever sort of been done about it and nothing's ever sort of been looked to improve on that front. So um, but I think Mikel Arteta is still waiting for his meeting with the Referees Association, isn't he? So I'm not sure he's going to get any answers about this one anytime soon either, unfortunately. No, no, I don't. And look, I think that it's, it, to be honest, it really frustrates me. Um, it's really difficult for me to get not... Um, not put too much emotion into my thoughts and feelings about the scheduling and, you know, the officiating with Arsenal this season. I think Arsenal have been treated horrifically, to be honest. And like it, it, it makes it really difficult to to not make it feel like there's motive behind it. Um, and it comes from a place where obviously you're following Arsenal and you're specifically all surrounding Arsenal, so you're not exposed to things as equally across all the clubs. But it just you just get that feeling, as Arteta said, that, you know, like if they wanted to give Chelsea and Man United the advantage, they've done that. Um, and, you know, they've, they've given them an advantage by putting Arsenal's fixture there. Liverpool play Man United on the Tuesday. But to put that game early on the Saturday and to not consider or not to consider moving that fixture to the Sunday or to the Monday night, it's just ridiculous. Um, and when you consider like, the, the argument that, well, if we're playing in Champions League and we're going to have to get used to this thing, yeah, sure, we're going to play midweek games. But we're not going to play at 12.30 on a Saturday after playing in the Champions League on a Wednesday night. It's, that doesn't happen. Those teams, That doesn't happen for uh, Champions League clubs. You play on Sunday or you play on the Monday. Um, or you play late on the Saturday at a minimum. You don't play at a 12.30 kickoff. So it's just mad, um, to be honest, that decision. Speaking of Simon Mikel Arteta's decisions, we look at it from the other side. Uh, Beck Love in the chat saying there that uh, we need a Bamiyang uh, in the chat. Um, I've, been, I've watched many games 
where Aubameyang's been completely ineffectual against Liverpool and Man City. And I don't think he changed, would have changed anything, to be honest, last night. It's just my view on it. But I just don't think he would have changed anything, really. What do you think? I, I don't think he would have done either, T. So you're in full agreement with you there. Um, maybe he may have scored one or two more goals than Lacazette over the last uh, few weeks, um, obviously with how well we're doing and the opportunities that we've been creating. Um, but in terms of last night, he wouldn't have changed the result. Um, as we were all saying, it was, you know, um, we didn't create many clear-cut chances of our own. We had a few decent opportunities. Um you know, it would have been lovely to see Martinelli put that mm. that um, shot away towards the end there when he was one on one, just bend it round the post. But um, that was unfortunate. Um, but apart from that, you, you struggle to pick out moments from last night where you think, oh yeah, we could have done with a Bamiang there. He would have put that in the back of the net. Um, uh, so yeah, it was it was a weird game last night, wasn't it? In terms of how different each half looked. Um, we were putting on the pressure. We were playing good football. We were frustrating Liverpool, but we were doing that without creating, as I said, many clear-cut chances in the first half. Um, obviously, you think what could have been if Martinelli beat uh, Allison um, when there was a bit of a, a mistake at the back for Liverpool, mm. um, and you think how, how that could have changed the game, of course. Um, but yeah, it was just down to the finer details in the end, and down to the having the quality ultimately in the moments that you need them most and um Jota uh, Firmino they had that and unfortunately obviously Ramsdale could have done better probably should have done better with that that shot at the near post but um I'm certainly not going to sit here and and um slate him for that because he's been absolutely magnificent this season I think anyone who's having a go at him this morning and giving him a hard time needs to take a long hard look at themselves because yeah you know, come on, let's look at what he's achieved with this club this season, how awesome he has been and how many times he's saved our backside for one. So um, he had an off day um, and he'll bounce back and learn from it and become stronger because of it, because that's what he's done over the, you know, the last several years of his career. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's just unfortunate, man, just wasn't to be. Um, We learn from it and go again. Amir asking the question, though, do you want changes against Villa? Pepe and Smith-Rowe starting, maybe, of course, with this fixture scheduling chaos and ridiculousness. It does mean that we've got two days of recovery. I don't know how much training will be done between now and Saturday, because usually what happens is the day after a game, they're given more recovery time. Um, And then the day before a game, you know, especially when you're away, there's traveling involved and, you know, staying in a hotel. So I'm not sure actually how much training, maybe tomorrow morning or this afternoon, they'll get uh, a couple of sessions in or maybe just one. But it it does mean that, you know, we are going to face this. Arteta said after the game that they'll be 100% ready, 100% fit and ready to go. I thought Saka looked a bit tired in yesterday's game towards the point where he was coming off the pitch. You know, we did a lot of running in the middle to deal with what Liverpool had because they had a lot of possession during the game. I think it was only 53%, to be fair. So nowhere near as much as we've come to expect from a Liverpool side when we faced them. But still, you know, that a lot more possession than we, we usually come up against. So what changes would you be looking to make on Saturday? I could see why Arteta may have to make a change um, or, or, or two. Because obviously it's mm. a quick turnaround in games. As you mentioned Saka looked a little bit tired last night towards the end. Gabby 
done a hell of a lot of running around um, and and put in a, a fantastic shift. Um, but you know them two in particular, obviously they've they they can pick up knocks and run themselves into the ground a little bit because of where they play and the position, the role they have within the team. Um, you know, I also worry about someone like Thomas Partey, who's finally finding some um, consistency in his game time, getting consistent minutes under his belt, doing really well. But we know sometimes if he overdoes it or, or maybe mm. plays too many games, he has got that those injury worries. Um, but in an ideal world, I'm not changing anything if I'm Mikel Arteta because I still think, despite the, the result last night, this starting 11, which we've had over the last few weeks, is the best starting 11 that we've currently got, you know, based on form, based on quality. Obviously, you could argue that Tommy Asu comes back straight in um, once he's fully fit, uh, which, yeah, would make sense. Although I still think Cedric has done quite well over the last few weeks. Um, so you could say it's kind of harsh to drop him. Mm-hmm. But if Tommy Asu is 110% ready, you know, and he's, he's fit, he's raring to go, then um, I would put him in. Um, so yeah that would probably be the only change if anything although saying that two days to go until the game it would have to be a quick um, turnaround for for Tommy um, because we know he's still not 100% um, and he he hasn't been in the squad at all so it it seems like a big ask that one maybe you know you bring someone like Emil Smith-Rowe in put him on the left to replace Gabby but again I just think it would be incredibly harsh especially after his, his performance last night um, so difficult, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, I know uh, Bailey um, is sort of in favour of maybe playing Pepe instead of Saka at the weekend. I mean, you could, and, and obviously, if things need a change and a little bit of a shake up, you bring Saka off the bench after a little while. But um, I think in that case, you might as well just start him. If Saka, you know, Saka's someone who will be wanting to play if he's feeling all right, he'll be wanting mm. to be involved. So, um, yeah, I mean, it depends on, on how they how the players look and feel over the next couple of days in training, doesn't it? And behind the scenes, if they've reacted well after last night's game and if they're, they're fit um, and not carrying any knocks or, or any um, tweaks or whatnot, then um, stick to it. That's what I say, because the, the team is in really good form and they've, they've been proving that they can get results. Absolutely. Uh, and I think what's important to look at with this Arsenal team is is the progression that continues to be made, is the positives that we see in each game, is, you know, the areas in which we're improving. And when we look at kind of the, the games played back-to-back in particular, we played Southampton, West Ham and Leeds in the space of seven to eight days in December, and we won all three of those games with the exact same starting 11 in all three. So we have the capacity to, to win games back-to-back. We have the, the ability to bounce back from poor results as well. I mean, when we lost that game to... Was it Everton? Um, that was the point at which we really started to turn things around. Uh, and we, I think we've lost two Premier League games against Man City and Liverpool since that point. And we've only dropped points to one other, which was Burnley. So we're on a really good run of form. You know, the consistency that people have asked for, we're getting. You're not always going to win every single game. It's impossible. Like The champions don't win every single game throughout the season. You are going to drop points, especially to the teams that you know are just of a different level to you. But the gap between us and Liverpool is dropping. And I think that's really important. Uh, James has 
says, I don't think Cedric and Pepe works well on the right side. We have been open and lack fluidity when those two start together. Obviously, we'll get a further update from uh, Mikel Arteta tomorrow about the, the fitness of, of Tommy Yasu. Um, and Jonathan here pointing out, I think a fully fit Tommy Asu probably could have prevented the three pass to Jota. What do you think we've lacked with with Tommy Asu being out? I know that we've won five games in a row with Cedric in the team, but what do you think we are lacking with him not being there? Just a a bit of um, a bit more defensive um, reliability, I suppose. We know that one thing that Tommy Asu's done really well with since joining in the summer is that he's been a threat both at the back and and going forward um you know mm. and he's been solid in that respect um he, he's obviously because of his, because of his stature and obviously he's a bit more of a taller um full back he's not your typical small pacey um technically gifted well i suppose he is technically gifted but you know yeah. what i mean you know um he's not your aaron wambasaka if you like um your reese james etc etc um, but you know, because of his stature, he obviously has got more defensive uh, strengths to his game. Obviously, he's great in the air. He's stronger um, mm. to deal with with other players, and um, he reads the game really, really well. Um, and of course, that that helps him on the de- defensive side of things as well. Um, but again, he's still got um, a bit of uh, pace to his game. He's good on the ball. He's got a great cross um, and he loves to, to, to get forward when, when he can. You know, he links up with the teammates really well. So, yeah, I just think that that confidence at the back a little bit um, and the, the capability of, to, you know, just sort of dealing with different scenarios um, we've missed um, with, with Tommy. And, uh, you know, uh, although Cedric has done fairly well overall you know I just think we've missed those certain qualities with Tommy since he's been out and as the comments were saying there maybe um, you know not just last night but over the last few weeks when there has been maybe um, threats from the opposition um, and sort of getting them behind and making those runs and following them Tommy Asu could make a bit of a difference there but um, even with Tommy in last night I don't think you know he would have changed the, the outcome of it yeah, I don't think the overall outcome would have changed, but maybe that right-hand side would have been a little bit mm. more sturdy. Maybe we would have been able to go longer into the game and a bit more competitive. Who knows? Um, but I think that what I would say is that Cedric's done well in those five games. I actually didn't think he was anywhere near our worst player yesterday. Uh, I don't think he, I think he did okay uh, for much of the game from what I saw as well. So, you know, I wouldn't be placing or pointing any fingers in, in his direction. Um, I will just finish off the show with a, a final question, a simple one from Marcus. Do you think that we will bounce back against Villa? It won't be easy, but yes, I think we will. Um, we've shown that we can bounce back despite, you know, um, some dipping results and obviously some some disappointing outcomes like last night. But then, we, you know, as we've seen with the character and mentality with this squad at the moment, it, it's the strongest and it's the healthiest it's been in a very, very long time. Um, and I think the reaction, as we touched on earlier, TC, the reaction from the fans during the game at full time, you know, the players have got to look at that and be like, look, we're still 110% behind you. Just yeah. go out there at the weekend, give 110% again, and let's look to bounce back. You know, we've got the confidence, we've got the players, we've got the quality. Um, you know, look to the top four, look to that UEFA Champions League spot next season. This is what we're fighting for. Um, we can only continue doing our best. Um, but Villa have got a good team. They've got a lot of quality. Steven Gerrard's overall done a good job there. 
So um, it will be a tough place to, to go to and, and visit and to, to get something from. But uh, you would expect with the form that we're in overall and where we find ourselves, we've got enough to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, just looking back over their previous fixtures, uh, they obviously lost that game to, to West Ham at the weekend. They beat Leeds. They they beat Southampton comfortably. They beat Brighton. But I mean, Leeds, Southampton and Brighton are teams that are dropping points quite regularly at the moment. They lost at home to Watford in the game before that. They lost to Newcastle. They drew uh, in a 3-3, quite a crazy 3-3 match with Leeds uh, at Aston Villa. Um, they narrowly beat a very poor Everton side and they managed to get a draw against Man United. So, you know, and lost to Brentford before that. They're a team that are inconsistent even under Steven Gerrard. They're unpredictable. You don't know what you're going to get. But we know that we need to be on our absolute top game to get a win. And whether or not we will be affected by the short space of time and the small amount of recovery that we've got between yesterday's game and now, we'll see. I think that Leicester looked like a tired side after they played on Thursday against us on Sunday. I'm hoping that we won't see a tired Arsenal on Saturday. Um, but we will have to wait and see. Chris, thank you so much, Matt, as always, for coming on the show. Cheers, TC. Pleasure as always. Thank you to everyone for tuning in, getting involved this morning. Hope everyone has a great day. Absolutely. I think we've looked at this one positively and fingers crossed we can win the next cup final on the horizon against Villa on Saturday early afternoon. You'll be able to get plenty of our content leading up to and after the game. We'll have a reaction show. Who knows? I think myself, Chris Hush and Bailey are all on. Maybe there'll be a bumper reaction show for you guys on that day. We'll have to wait and see. Please do help us get to 10,000 subs. We're only 100 or so away. Make sure you're clicking that button and drop a like on the video because it really does help us spread the words about where people can find us. If you want to get more reaction to yesterday's game, make sure you check out uh, Hush, Umar and Bailey who also spoke right after the final whistle last night and you'll be able to also ca uh, catch Mikel Arteta's presser and interviews ahead of the game against Villa when they drop on the channel too. Have a great day and we'll see you again very, very soon and as always, Keep following us down the Arsenal way. Glory, 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 glory,